Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Great to have you in on Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Now, uh, full disclosure, we're... uh, Getting things kicked off from Arizona <laughs> this morning. And uh, sunrise behind me on hole number 16. I am not here staking out uh, for Dylan Ryle. I promise you, I'm down here to see my grandmother, uh, Grandma Shirley, great-grandma. Uh, she uh, had to have a, a, a partial hip replacement. She's doing awesome. Uh, she also has a big red Nebraska flag in her room. So she's... She's been asking about Riola all weekend. I'm like, Grandma, she had a uh, Riola had a great time, Elijah, at PBA this weekend. That uh, that has swept Husker Nation, Husker basketball on the minds of many. Uh, Husker baseball, a 180. And oh, yeah, Nebraska still in the thick of this. this race for the number one prospect in 2024. We'll get it all covered today on Hale Varsity Radio. Numbers to get in 489-1240, 489-1240. Can also uh, check us out across the Hale Varsity Network, 1-800-825-5865. Find us uh, on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah. Herbal can watch the show with Hale Varsity's Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow. And also the Hale Varsity YouTube um, page is where you go to watch things. KFOR Sports, KFOR Facebook, and KFOR Twitter also allowed to stream. Elijah, uh, pretty impressive weekend, uh, specifically on the recruiting front. Nebraska is getting a lot of love from the, um, well, from the Riolas, first of all. But also, you look at some of the national recruiting experts. I look at Steve Wildfong with 24-7, and he had a pretty in-depth story just on on where things stand. You had a special announcement last night from Dylan Riola, and it got the, uh, well, a lot of Husker fans slamming their brakes on to check out what was going to happen. It was Dylan just tweeting out all of his Power 5 offers, and some rolled their eyes. Some was like, well done, young man, uh, to continue to keep the fever pitch of attention going. But, hey, uh, when it boils down to it, Elijah, it was just a nephew, right, and his uncle going to a basketball game right next in a suite separated by whatever it separated on that second level. 
uh, head football coach and his program. But good for Nebraska. Good for Nebraska being proactive. Good for Nebraska using their advantage. Good for Nebraska, I don't want to say pushing the envelope to make it sound like it's something sinister, but there's a loophole here. Hammer that loophole and make it impossible to say no if you're Nebraska, not only from a family standpoint, not only from a dad and connectivity standpoint to this program, but you yourself, if you're Matt Rule, I know you can't technically get FaceTime, but Coach Donnie can get FaceTime and just continue to make it an impossible no if you're Nebraska. Well, yeah, if you're Coach Matt Rule, you, you can't get FaceTime, but how convenient is that? You, you come into a basketball game with, with your uncle and you're sitting in the suite you right next to You can wave at him. How, how convenient <laughs> is this? Yeah, this is not like me going and visiting my Uncle John in Denver and going and catching a Nuggets game. It's a little bit different whenever you're, you're up in the suite, you get treated like a king, and oh, in the second half, the athletic director says, hey, come down and come check out my view from my seat here at Pinnacle Bank Arena. That's something special. That's actually what stood out most to me is the athletic director. I shouldn't call it getting involved in the recruitment, but I'm not sure what other way to put it whenever you're getting the number one player in the country to come down and sit in your courtside seats for the second half of Nebraska, Minnesota. And oh, conveniently from those spots, you're also going to get some uh, some time on TV, time on Big Ten Network. Every single time we get a cut of, uh, of a replay, who's that sitting in the background but Dylan Ryle? And oh, you're sitting right in front of the student section too. Uh, a great PR move by Trev and by Nebraska and, and I guess by Donnie as well to get Dylan here, use that recruiting loophole, get him some FaceTime in front of the Nebraska fans. And hey, that's Nebraska's biggest selling point is the fans. Uh, the fact that, you know what, whenever you come here, you're going to be a star. If your play on the field matches what your recruiting acumen appears to be right now, you're going to be able to, to make a whole bunch of money in NIL. You're going to get to be a, a hometown hero of sorts. And let's get you that experience right now while you're a senior, excuse me, a junior in high school. Let's show you what the, the Nebraska love is all about at a time when nobody else can get any recruiting done because they're recruiting dead period. We have a loophole right here. We're going to use that loophole. A beautiful job done by Nebraska this weekend. And uh, I'm not sitting here saying that Nebraska is a shoe in to get Dylan Ryle. I think uh, this weekend was definitely a step in a positive direction. We had Dylan uh, speak with some media following the basketball game as well, saying, I've never experienced anything like what I experienced here at Pinnacle Bank Arena today. The fans, I've known they're the best in the country, and they, they showed why today. That was uh, paraphrasing what Dylan Ryle had to say following the game. But all in all, a very, very successful recruiting, but not recruiting weekend for Nebraska. Well, it's just hanging out with my uncle, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So you, you've got uh, Riola able to build a rapport from a, hey, Uncle Donnie, what's going on with the offense? Let's just pretend that question was asked or followed up on this weekend. And you've got Satterfield, you've got Rule, you've got another visit that's pending March 25th. You've got other high-profile recruits for 2024 that are like, okay, I want to play with that guy. I want to block for that guy. So you've got furthered relationship development. Uh, You have Spencer Rattler, and I'm going to go back to this. Rattler's high school coach is where Riola is going to end up here next fall. And then you've got that common denominator in, in Marcus Satterfield. So 
listen, and I know we took some guff Saturday on like, quit, you know, just shut up with the USC takes. Look, I get it. I know USC's got five star talent committing or there already, but guess what? Five star talent decommits or transfers. Okay. It's, it's, it's a year to year deal. And the minute a, 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 a starter gets benched, I would put odds, and I don't have this scientific, I'd put on that 80% of the time they bolt. First time you bench a kid, they leave, okay? It's just, it sucks. But that's how it is, uh, or it feels like, especially at the quarterback position. And so, you know, I think Nebraska's right there. And and I would even lean from a recency standpoint, he just, I mean, he's just been here. He's up here seeing his uncle. That's incredible. Um, and then what happens the, the, the 25th is going to seal it. I, I, my take is this. I think if you're Dylan, you're going to continue your visits. You had Riola, Papa Riola saying, look, we're, we're still going to Georgia. I don't know where that, that noise came out that we were not going to officially visit Georgia or not officially, but not going to take a spring trip to Georgia. They'll hit USC again. But Nebraska will be – heavy in their hearts in a good way, just because of what we all laid out. It was just a great showcase for Nebraska. This goes back to, you know, Mitch's Mitch Sherman will be with us tomorrow. Elijah, the boomer bust discussion with Riola. Listen, I think it'd be devastating to some if, if Riola does not commit to Nebraska, I think Riola and Satterfield can find beyond a serviceable quarterback uh, post Sims and post Thompson and post whoever's on the roster. They can find somebody in 2024. They can find somebody in 2025. And the fact that they're in this discussion without him even coaching a game yet coming off a four and eight season, it speaks to the uncle factor. Sure but it just speaks to the belief factor and the relationship development that the rule has rules got an uncanny ability to get coaches and players sell out for him. I like this guy so much. I'm going to give it. And I think that you cut out briefly there, but I just want to hit on some of your, the, the, the main points that you were getting into there, Schmitty. And, and first and foremost, being that selling job from, from Matt Rule. And I just want to bring something up here as, as you go along with this group. And this is going to be a decision that's done before uh, this Husker football season starts. Dylan Rello, that's how the, the standard is with these quarterbacks. They're going to get through their spring visits. They're going to get back home. They're probably going to have a decision May or June. That's about the standard for your top of the class quarterbacks is you want to have that done. So once your senior year rolls around, you're not worried about recruiting anymore in terms of where you're going to go. You're worried about recruiting in terms of bringing talent along with your recruiting class along with you. You're going and talking to the other five stars in the country that you know, the, the, the four stars that you're good friends with, the people around your high school. You're going to go talk with them, try to get them in the boat. You're going to solidify the class so you're bringing in talent with you. That's the standard. I'm not saying, I'm not guaranteeing that's what's going to happen, but if history is any indicator that's probably how this is going to go as it goes on so let's not also think that whenever this commitment is made that it is done uh, in terms of the recruitment I I think if Nebraska is the choice for Dylan Riola you commit and then you 
continue evaluating how this season goes as the fall goes on. You know what? If this becomes a three and nine season, you say, well, good thing it's uh, it's not December. Yet. I haven't signed. Let's go back and, and check out what USC has to to offer. And, and to that point about USC, we we did get comments in on our, our Saturday show saying USC's out of the picture. That's not going to happen because I don't believe that. because they're going and talking to other quarterbacks. Let, let me make one thing pretty clear. If you're the number one player in the country, the number one quarterback in the country, you didn't get there by doubting your own abilities. I am sure Dylan Ryla has supreme confidence in his own abilities, and he's not worried about what other quarterback other schools are bringing in. You're the number one player in the country. You're the number one player in the country for a reason. Those guys, I don't want to call it ego because I don't know the kid. I don't know Dylan personally. I I can't speak to him on if he has an ego, but that's just the general way you put it with these high-level athletes. They are confident in their own abilities, and they're not going to be worried about what other quarterback there's going to be in the room because you think, you know what? I am the best quarterback, not only in my recruiting class, but I'm the best quarterback in the country. I'm going to go prove it wherever I go. I don't think other quarterbacks are going to be a massive factor in the recruitment here. And also, other schools are going to know if you get the number one player in the country, you're going to make that work. And uh, I don't want to say you're going to leave other quarterbacks hanging out to dry, but you know the number one player in the in the country is your priority, and you're going to do what it takes to, to make him happy and get him to your school. So USC, most definitely not out of the running. It's a similar story with Georgia. They're going to be stacking talent no matter what happens with Dylan Ryle's recruitment. But at the end of the day, the number one player in the country is the priority. And it's the same way with Nebraska. Matt Rule has made it clear throughout this spring that Dylan is the number one priority for Nebraska. And as a result, you mentioned the fact that the, the Georgia visit was canceled at least reportedly and then it it turned out it was just moved what is important about that is nebraska is now the last visit in his spring cycle that's a huge visit to have you know what you're going to go to the other schools but the one usually how it goes the favorite you're going to leave last so you can go to them and say here's what i saw at the other schools what do you have what can you sell me on because you're my favorite right now and i'm going to give you all the opportunities in the world to match what these other schools have shown me so you put nebraska last and you say georgia has this, this, and this. That's what they sold me on. What can you tell me about Nebraska? What can you sell me on as a counterpoint to those things? So that's what's huge about Dylan Ryla. The last visit he's taken this spring is Nebraska. Nebraska is your front runner right now. Not even close to a done deal, but that is where we're headed right now. And I don't think this weekend did anything to hurt uh, Dylan Ryla's chances of coming to Nebraska. I think it was a very, very successful recruiting weekend, though it wasn't. It wasn't a recruiting weekend, but it was for Matt Rule, Trev Alberts, and staff. You know, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt at Tail Varsity Radio, uh, kicking off a Monday on Dylan Raiola, his visit to Nebraska PBA, the, uh, well, the worship <laughs> that went on inside the arena. Listen, the more and more I think about it, you want to talk about the ability to appeal if you're not at the level, right, as a USC if you're not at the level right now of, of what George is doing, few are right. Nebraska is not far off. I don't believe from being nine and three, 10 and two being a second or a third best team in their pod, being the best team in their pod or side of the division. I think Nebraska has the talent here. It's got to get coached up. And I think coach rule and his, and his crew can do that. I don't think the turnaround time's awful. I don't think it could be. You want to be part of that accelerant if you're Dylan Riola. And I think it could really work in Nebraska's favor. Be this program changer versus the next guy who goes and wins another Rose Bowl at USC, goes 11-2 and and wins a Heisman. That's all great. It's wonderful. But do all that here and, and change 
a program or or help get a program back, right? I mean, Carson Palmer did that for USC back when Pete Carroll showed up. Well, Nebraska's had a couple three quarterbacks take Nebraska from good to great. Turner Gill, Tommy Frazier is uh, is Dylan Riola, that that third guy. So uh, fascinating to see. We'll spend some more time on Nebraska basketball's weekend. Not their greatest game, but a uh, spark by Sammy Hoiberg was was big time, and and they just kind of drilled Minnesota. It's all good. Here comes Sparty tomorrow, Elijah. Yeah, and it's incredible that that Dylan Rell is able to take steam away from the basketball team like that. They're on their best stretch ever since Fred Hoiberg has taken charge. And oh, now Dylan Rell is sitting courtside at a game. We're going to talk about that for the first segment. So we will have more thoughts with Husker basketball coming up a little bit later in the show. They're on a four-game winning streak, looking to make it five tomorrow night against Michigan State. We're going to be at Rosie's. Uh, Schmitty and myself, as Schmitty gets back from Phoenix, we're looking forward to that. As uh, Nebraska four can- to six tomorrow down at Rosie's, the Pride of Fairbury. Bill Dolman will be with us. Mitch Sherman joins us. Jack Ebling, Mr. Michigan State. Uh, you've met Jack. You know him. So that's cool. Today, loaded up. Uh, Jay Moore with us. Right after Uncle, the break, Jay Moore is going to be talking with us. Yep. Uncle Uncle Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride with us in hour two. Brady Oltman's his take on the recruiting weekend. Stick around. Tale Varsity presented by Currency. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Going through a Monday edition here, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. And we got Jay Moore on the line. But before we get to Jay, just some quick housekeeping. Uh, you just heard from Schmitty as Schmitty checked in with us uh, ahead of his flight back from Arizona. He is actually en route from Omaha now. So uh, made the flight back and uh, should be joining us for hour two of Hale Varsity Radio. In the meantime, we're going to have Will Wilson joining us here to close out this hour. But uh, before we get Will in here, we're going to talk with Blackshirt, former Blackshirt, I should say, Jay Morris. Uh, Jay Moore, we're going to get some reaction to Dylan Ryle, his visit this weekend. And uh, Jay... Whenever you, you look at this weekend as a whole, it was craziness with the Husker basketball team, with Dylan Ryla, with the apparent post last night that was going to be made. Husker Nation was going crazy. At the end of the day, Dylan Ryla seems had a seems to have had a, a good visit with his uncle. No recruiting involved, quote unquote. And, uh, and that's where we're at right now. What is your reaction to what we saw this weekend? Dylan Ryla in town checking out the basketball game. Yeah, it's always good to have the number one recruit in 2024 in town. And obviously... I feel like we should have a leg up on all the competition because of his dad's history here, that obviously having an uncle be a coach here. I know the previous staff didn't do a very good job in building a relationship with him, but I feel like the current staff has tried to amend and fix that relationship. I feel like they have. So it's going to be interesting, you know, next, what, three, three weeks? I think he's supposed to come here on an official visit sometime late March, March 24th-ish, I believe. Uh, you can also correct me if I'm wrong. I don't follow recruiting super uh, closely, but uh, I, I think that's going to be 
and I know all myself included, and I don't fall too that hard. It's, it's it's a big one to get, obviously, with him being the number one guy. But you get the number one guy, and guess what? A lot of times, the number one receiver wants to come play with you. The number one tight end likes to come wants to come commit, you know, play with you. Uh, the number one running back wants to come play with you as well. So, it's uh, getting him is, is important, and uh, just keeping that keeping that family history, you know, that legacy intact as well. I think is is a pretty cool thing that Nebraska does have some really good history uh, here as well. Because I've played with, you know, I played with both the Rude brothers. You know, I've, I there's there's many more. Uh, families, you know, Nebraska families that have, that have played together, and and uh, I think keeping that intact will, will be will be very very important. I think and cool to see that if that if that does come true, it's just whether or not uh, Lincoln Riley can uh, keep from shining all those Heisman Trophy winners that he's able to develop to uh, Dylan. That's just going to be the key the key uh, component there to dodge because I think he does have a seat at the table just with his success and the quarterbacks he's coached. Uh, throughout his time at USC and at Oklahoma. Jay Moore is with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. And Jay, really fast here, I want you to, to put yourself in the shoes of Dominic Rella if you could. I know you have a, a little guy at home, and that's a long ways off from any sort of college recruitment. But, like, would you try to influence him and bring him to Nebraska? It doesn't sound like Dominic is trying to do so, but it almost feels like there's a little bit of that just ingrained within uh, a, a player being a former Husker, them having a kid in the recruitment process, he, he may not be intentionally trying to to send his son to Nebraska, but it's got to play a factor, right? Just with how important you know the University of Nebraska is in a former player's life. Oh, for sure. I mean, I have a six year old at the house, and it's it's I've instilled into him day one. There's only one college team we root for, and that's Nebraska. <laughs> and if, there's no, there's definitely no Iowa. There's no. I I, I do I have a small. Place my heart for Duke basketball. I'll allow that. I've I've been a Duke guy since since Grant Hill was there. So I said it's okay to, to we can we can root for the Duke Blue Devils in basketball. But that's about it. Uh, we'll we'll cheer on all the professional teams you want, but there's only one college football team to root for. Just one college team in general that we root for. You know, because whether it comes to football, volleyball, basketball, baseball, yeah, you name it, down the list. Uh, that's the only one we cheer for, and there's only one color that we know in the house that represents. And so I, I do think there there is some something to that, and I hope that he has. You know, he, he understands. Dylan understands the history of Nebraska football. I mean, his dad was, you know, left in two, after the after the 2000 season, and you know, he was part of. You know, Dominic was on the last Big 12 championship team or last conference championship team in 1999. You know, he was arguably part of some of the best Nebraska teams in history that didn't win a national championship. You know, the 99 team and the 2000 team were right up there. And, I, you know, 99 team easily could have been if they didn't get beat at Texas, you know, that, that same year that they ended up beating them uh, in the Big 12 championship. So that is uh, – the history is there. It's just the, the trouble is is just not having the success, the recent success that all these other schools that have recruited them – and whether that be USC or Georgia or Alabama, or you just go down the list of other schools that I'm, I'm sure he has offers from that's had way more success than Nebraska. But I think that's what Coach Rule and the staff has done a good job is, okay, they've been here as of lately, but I'm projecting to where we're going to be when you're here. Because we're going to play this 2023 season, and my guess is he will, you know, I, I don't know his, his total plans, but I would I'd foresee him 
enrolling early and being here the, for the spring of 2024 and developing and, and becoming one of the starting quarterbacks. You know, maybe maybe he registers. I don't know. But just projecting what this is going to be, and I think just understanding, you know, giving him some hope to what this year is going to look like, I think it's going to be, I don't, I don't say it's drastically better, but it's going to be better. But I just, uh, given that, given some, just a, a view into the near future, what this program is going to be, obviously the, the facilities, and then you're able to plug into that history with his dad is, it's it's very 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 important, you know, and I think that's um, there's a lot of puzzles to the piece, but I think those puzzles are, are going to ultimately, you know, finish out to what he needs to hear and what he needs to see to hopefully and eventually, you know, commit to Nebraska. Uh, Jay, whenever you, you you look at the Georges and the USCs of the world, Nebraska does have something that they can sell over those schools, and that's the fan support. I don't see those schools having the kind of fan support that Nebraska has for a 500 basketball team. And hey, not to mention the fact that whenever you as the number one recruit go to a basketball game, the fans are chanting your name and and they already want you to be a Husker. I'm not saying that the fans in Georgia and USC don't want Dylan or Iola, but that's something that's just different about Nebraska, the type of fan support that, that, that Nebraska has. And I want you to take us back to your own recruitment. I know you're a Nebraska kid and that kind of changes some things for you, but you did grow up a Husker fan and by all accounts, Dylan did as well. How big of a factor in your own recruitment, and this is pre-NIL obviously, uh, was just the fan support that Nebraska has? Yeah, and it's, it's there's no other place like it. Uh, I've been to other places and I've played, you know, the NFL, you know, I've done and it's, you know, I... It, be even playing in the NFL, it was hard because the fan support is not near to what you know some NFL teams were. And I granted, I wasn't one of the greatest franchises at the time, <laughs> but uh, that didn't help. But it just it's it's not the same. It just isn't the same. The just the fan support and just it's it's different. It just it definitely is different. And me just growing up being a fan and knowing uh, from the age I can't remember. Since I was four, five, six years old, I mean, just hearing, you know, my my stories, my parents told about, you know, how I always mimic, you know, being a Nebraska football player. I mean, that's what I wanted to do since I was that young, and then I was fortunate enough to be able to live out that childhood dream. And there was no other place I was going to go. I mean, I took one unofficial visit to Iowa State on a spring game just to do it, just to see another place. I think they maybe had twelve total people at the spring game. they might have had maybe a hundred people total. That that was probably parents and you know some other people that were had nothing better to do in Ames, Iowa that day. But this is this is the greatest place on earth to me, and it's it's, it's always special. I still live in Lincoln, uh, you know, and I, I it's there's nothing there's nothing like it. And I hope he understands that, and I hope he sees that, and I hope he that helps that helps you know influence him to that he. To, to, to come here because there is just there is nothing like it. I don't care how good you know you go to USC. They're not you know they're not selling out the Coliseum. You know they, they even back in the heydays with Reggie Bush that you know there were some times where they might have been playing a Fresno State or whatever and you know that place wasn't full. So I think it's important. You know it, it should be. That's something we can we can hang our hat on is our, the fan support and. I mean, <laughs> It's rare that you you see a team, you know, a 500 basketball team, and it's sold out, or you know, a three and six football team, and you know, playing a uh, an Indiana or whatever it may be, and 
the place is sold out and there's a palpable buzz and people are excited. People are tailgating since, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. That's, there's something to be said about that. And there's something said to be wanting to be a part of that because it is, it's, it's crazy. It's, I'd go back and do it all over again in a heartbeat and, and go through all the, the grind and, and just because I, I love representing Nebraska. I love representing the state. I love rep- representing this fan base. So uh, I hope I hope his dad is able to kind of get that across to him how you know imp- how important this place is and, and and can be for for people that come and go to school here. Jay, if, if you're going to call your shot right now, are you willing to do that? Do you think Dylan Ryle is in after seeing the kind of support that he received this weekend and, and the kind of comments that he made about Nebraska afterwards? Do you think that that this is closer to a done deal than it was a couple weeks ago? I mean, yeah. I would be. I'm going to be very surprised if he doesn't pick Nebraska. To be honest, I would be very surprised. I think it's. I would say 85 percent done. I just think that Lincoln Riley does have a seat at the table. I think he does just with his history, and the fact that I don't know what kind of NIL money they're they're shooting out there at USC in the LA market. That's gonna that's gonna have a seat at the table as well, and ultimately. You know, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. If I'm Lincoln Riley, okay, Dylan, I've, here's all these Heisman Trophy winners I've, I've developed. Here's all the teams that I've brought to the college football playoff. Here's all the money I'm able to get you in, in, on NIL deals. So he, he does have an argument there, but he doesn't, he doesn't have his uncle here. His dad doesn't play here. I think it's, it's a little more, you know, there, there are some variables there, but there's there's variables that he doesn't have, and that's having his uncle and, and the history with his dad, and that's that that's going to speak that's going to speak uh, volumes over to me. To me, it would. To me, it would speak volumes to. He's going to get the money. He's going to get the money here. Now, will he have a chance to win? Maybe it's cha- championships as early. I don't know, but I do know that USC and UCLA are coming to the Big Ten as well. So there's there's something to be said with that as well uh, going forward. But I, I like I said, I'd be rather surprised if he doesn't. I think the stars are kind of aligned. I think Rule and the staff have amended the race relationship with the Rayola family and and just having the history with his, with his pops and his uncle being here. That's that's pretty cool, right? I mean, you can come play football to where your dad was and then have your uncle be a coach and just have that. That's that doesn't happen. Like that, that doesn't happen. So that that's why I just foresee him. You know, this is you know damn near a, a done deal. Jay Moore's with us here. Jay, appreciate your time today. We'll talk to you next week. All right, bud. Yep. See you guys. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Going through a Monday here. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. We just heard from Blackshirt Jay Moore joining us here, uh, talking some Dylan Riola on Hale Varsity Radio. We had Schmitty join us back in segment one. He's going to be rejoining us a little bit later in the show as he's 
uh, currently on his way back to Lincoln, my best estimate would put it somewhere south of Gretna, but somewhere north of Ashland is Schmidt's current location. And uh, do with that information what you will. He's traveling roughly 85 miles an hour on the interstate, maybe 90, who knows, with uh, with him trying to get back for a show. We all know Schmidt doesn't like missing any shows. So he is uh, rolling back from Epley right now. We'll hear from him just a little bit later. For now, I'm excited to be joined here in studio by Will Wilson. You hear him here locally on the morning hookup on KFOR. And Will is looking at me with a quizzical look as I have not yet turned on his mic. It's on now, Will. Thanks a lot. Say hi to the people. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's been a, a good weekend for Husker athletics with the, the Riola visit. We haven't even gotten into the Husker basketball win over Minnesota, except right. uh, barely touching on it back in segment one. And I think that's where we'll, we'll go now. You're a, a Husker basketball guy through and through. You've been going to games since you were little, uh, just to set it up for the people who haven't yet met Will. Uh, I mean, much Thank bigger you. Husker fan than me, a Husker basketball fan than me, I, I should wow. say, where... Uh, or even from uh, from childhood, Will was following the Scurs. So that's nice. Of you. I, I want to get your 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 big takeaways from Nebraska on a four game winning streak. With this being the first time since I believe 2017, Nebraska has done that in conference play. It feels just like this squad that Fred Hoiberg has right now. How they're playing right now, it's just it's different than any other time of the the Hoiberg era. Yeah, man, they they are. I mean, they're playing the best out of, out of the Hoiberg era, and that's that's clear. Uh, they're playing good at the right time. You know, this is when you want to be on that win streak. You know, getting to the end of the season. You're fighting for some postseason, you know, berths, and I, this is when you want to do it. It's it's unbelievable, to be honest. Ask anybody, you know, a few months ago, they thought this team was done when you lose two starters like that, and you lost to some teams in, in some bad ways, and uh, they had no business doing this, what they're doing now. But they did. They got it together. It's amazing. You got to credit Hoiberg, the guys, for uh, playing together. It's a lot of fun. Tell me about that uh, that, that Kese impact, because he's been on a heater. It feels like Nebraska – where he's gone, they have followed in the past couple of weeks, you know, as, as Kise kind of soars to new heights, the Husker basketball team has as well. And uh, a, a bit of heart and soul from Kese as well with uh, the, the, the fire that he shows on the court. And uh, we've learned today he's going to be walking for senior day tomorrow. That's, that's been a bit of a standard under Hoiberg is if you're ever unsure about your return next year, you're going to have you walk on senior day anyway. I think Derek Walker is now in his third senior day. Uh, overall for this Husker basketball team. So doesn't mean that he's not going to be coming back next year, but just tell me about that impact of, of Kese and what he's brought to, to Hoiberg and his squad the year. Well, we definitely won some games because of him, because of Kese. And let's be real, he's one of the funnest players I think we've ever seen in a Husker basketball Most uniform. Most fun to watch since probably James Palmer, if not Tran Petaway. Just in, in my Husker basketball memory, those are the two players that stand out as being really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, well, I think f- Casey's on, on another level. Oh, for sure. He's he's at the top of that list. So, yeah, I mean, when I saw that news today that he was walking, I was kind of scared because, you know, you lose the three guys you're you're already honoring, okay? And if you lose Casey, you lose a big chunk of these minutes. So if Casey doesn't come back next year, uh, you know, you're kind of scared in a way because you're losing a lot of production. But, you know, it's it's going to be whatever K-State wants to do. He can make a ton of money over in Japan or wherever he's going to play because, you know, right now he's not making any money off NIL. So is that worth it? Is it worth to come back to play another season of college basketball and not get any NIL money or go overseas, start a career, and start making a lot of money? So let's hear from Fred Hoiberg as he met with the media following Nebraska's win over Minnesota on Saturday afternoon. And uh, one of the, 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 the questions that really stood out to me is I can't remember who actually asked this question, but it was asked about why this winning streak is happening right now. After all the adversity this team has faced, they could have packed it in. Why now? What have you seen behind the scenes that has allowed 
uh, your team to, to go on a four-game winning streak. Potentially, uh, you have the chance at six to close the year with Michigan State and Iowa looming. Fred has asked that question, and uh, he really said it comes down to the makeup of this team. It's just it's a team that stayed together uh, very well. You know, it's got leadership that I think is important when when you're trying to string games together like this. Greasel obviously and Derek are huge in that area. Um, you know, I know the guys talked a lot about uh, in the press conference a couple of days ago about Emmanuel still leading and, and talking to his his team. So that's where it starts. If you have good leadership out there and, you know, you win a couple in a row, now you know you can do it. And I think that gives confidence to your players. We're going to have a hell of a challenge on Tuesday. We know that. It's going to be very emotional for our seniors. Uh, you know, I, I still remember my senior day. I got, got, got my butt beat and still bothers me to this day. So, you know, it's emotional. you got to find a way to put it behind you, you know, after you go out there and you get introduced with your family and your parents who s- spend so much time uh, you know, and they're the reason that I think the people in this position are where, where they are because of your parents and you're out there in center court with them. And, you know, it's going to be emotional for Sam, especially, you know, being from here. It was for me when in my hometown in Ames. Um, you know, Derek, he, hell, it shouldn't bother him. It's his third one. But, um, you know, it's uh, manual and, um, you know, it's going to be an emotional day. But we got to find a way after that to put it behind us and come out and compete because I know Michigan State's going to come in here and, uh, you know, be ready to go. Well, let's talk about one of the seniors real quick that uh, you went to school with back way back mm-hmm. when in your days walking the halls at Lincoln East High School, Sam Greasel. Uh, an unexpected journey for him to even reach Nebraska at all. It's been his dream since he was little. Uh, what's your take on, on what Sam has brought to the team this year and what senior day is going to mean to him tomorrow night being the hometown kid? Oh, I mean, Sam, Sam is a baller. He is a baller. You ever, t- you ever take him one-on-one back in the day? N- no. Um, <laughs> maybe when we were younger. But that, you know, that was a long time ago, and I, I wasn't a good ball player. So, I don't know, it's just really cool for everybody in town to see a guy from Lincoln, uh, you know, play play this role that he's doing. And he's obviously a really good player, right? He's he's done, he's made some plays that really helped us. That dunk he had uh, last weekend was great. Uh, but I like what Fred said. He's right. Michigan State, they, you know, they're mad right now. After that, that collapse against Iowa, they need a win. And, uh, yeah, I think I saw the early line for that game was Michigan State minus three. Okay. So Nebraska is looking like a slight underdog, and it's going to be packed, but I agree. I think it's going to be a tough game. Tell me a little bit. Like, let's talk about that, that, that Iowa game against Michigan State. Oh, man. <laughs> As you sit here, you think, you think Michigan State, you know, they, they got their hot shooting out of the way against Iowa, putting up, what is it, 103 points in oh, regulation? Do you, yeah. think, do you think they got their hot shooting out of the way? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, hope, I hope so uh, because, it, you know, that's going to be tough to match. And we've seen teams kind of glue down on Casey. Uh, you know, he had 11 points last time. So defenses are starting to figure that out. Um, but, man, I think it's going to be really – yeah, you talk about that that game. I mean, what a complete collapse by Michigan State. But, man, there was one last night that was almost worse. Uh, you had Rutgers taking down Penn State. Penn mm-hmm. State just totally collapsed in that game. It helped us because now we're tied with Penn State yeah, and Wisconsin. Good for Nebraska's uh, yeah. big, big Ten tourney hopes because – uh, Nebraska going for that 10 seed, uh, avoid the play-in, and uh, really, with that 10 seed, you're also avoiding the 1 seed in Purdue. Yeah. Because that's going to be the 8-9 matchup is going to have to end up going and playing Purdue. So, so 10 seed is kind of ideal for Nebraska. That's what you're shooting for. It's doable. It's doable. It's on the table. It's it's going to be tough, though. You got you need uh, you need Wisconsin to lose to Purdue. You need Penn State to lose to Northwestern and Maryland. And we need to beat Michigan State or Iowa. I mean, we may need to win out 
which I think is going to be tough because going to Iowa is never fun. <laughs> they always shoot the lights out at Carver yeah. Hawkeye. Especially against time, us. Especially against yeah. Nebraska. Right. So uh, big game tomorrow night, though, first before Nebraska is out to Iowa as uh, Michigan State's in town. We're going to be at Rosie's 4-6. to six. Come uh, check us out. Get yourself a drink. Get yourself ready to go for Nebraska basketball. Will, you're going to be in here for that, so it's good to get you uh, introduced back on the show. It's been a little bit, so yeah, you're you uh, running the board as Schmidt and myself are down at Rosie's. Looking forward to that. Well, 8 o'clock game, so I'll be able to head to the game, too, uh, after the show. So buy the tickets, man. Let's pack that place. Yeah, still some uh, some 300-level tickets available. I saw that today. So it uh, should be a good environment. Nebraska-Michigan State tomorrow night. Uh, Schmitty will return an hour or two. We're going to say goodbye to Will for now as he's got to get to a workout. But we'll be back with more Hell Varsity Radio coming your way after the break right here. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. We're back in on a Monday. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Elijah Herbal taking you through the remainder of hour one here as Schmitty makes his way back to the studio from his flight from Omaha. I know Schmitty doesn't like missing an hour of radio, so he is uh, moving this way as quickly as he can. Some quick housekeeping to bring you. We do have a slight change to our Monday lineup. Charlie is uh, unable to make it in. So no black shirt Monday segment with Charlie. We're going to look to get him rescheduled a little bit later this week. He's actually on a flight right now, so... Uh, we're going to talk to him as soon as we can. Instead, we're going to talk with Brady Oltman's leading off hour two as we're going to talk a little bit more recruiting with Brady. I wonder why. Oh, maybe it was a, a big recruiting weekend for Nebraska. Dylan Riola in town. We're going to get Brady's take on that. And then a little bit later in hour two, we'll have Jeff Smith joining us at 525 to talk a little more Husker basketball as well as high school hoops as the district finals are set for this week. And we approach state basketball time as the uh, the girls getting going. A little bit later this week in downtown Lincoln, we'll have the boys uh, a week uh, from now uh, going at it in uh, downtown Lincoln as well as they finish up their districts. I know uh, Schmitty and the coach, Jeff, are going to be on the call tonight over on uh, KFOR. So uh, we're going to have Jeff Smith join us and talk a little bit of Preps Hoops. That's coming your way at 525. Before we get out here this hour, one more thought from Fred Hoiberg, his postgame presser against Minnesota. And uh, one of the things that's been so good for the Husker basketball team, at least especially as of late, but really all season long, has been the defense. Uh, Hoiberg got into that following the Minnesota win. Did he think Minnesota was confused by Nebraska's defensive scheme? And just what is Nebraska doing defensively this year that's setting them apart from other years of the Fred Hoiberg era? I don't think we're very confusing on defense, but, you know, I thought, again, it's all about the activity level. And and if you have good hands and, you know, you go in there and, you know, if you have a soft trap, it's easy to spray it out. You know, if you come with high hands, you make a looping pass, you have much better uh, chance to rotate. Our first half rotations, I thought were really crisp, not quite as good in the second. You know, we adjusted, we weren't didn't double quite out as far on the floor. Uh, but again, as, as important as Derek is for our team, we have to protect him and we have to uh, uh, send double teams. And, you know, point to Blaze, who has been terrific when we've gone with that big, big lineup. You look at his analytic splits, uh, you know, he's been as good as anybody. So, you know, with him out of, off the floor and them playing Payne, Garcia in battle, and they've played Ola Joseph at the two at six eight. you know, that poses problems. You know, we obviously aren't the biggest uh, you know, group right now, uh, but our guys compete and they fight like hell, and, and that's uh, that's what's been fun. 
the best representation, in my opinion, of that that competition has been Sam Hoiberg. What a, a clutch player he's been uh, as of late with those those hustle plays down the stretch in important games, important moments. He seems to always be stepping up on the defensive end. So uh, we'll see what Nebraska basketball can bring tomorrow again. Uh, this hour, if uh, you're just joining us here, it's Elijah Herbal finishing out the hour. Chris Schmidt's going to be joining us a little bit later next hour. We had Jay Moore earlier this hour. So if you missed our interview with Jay, you can check that out in podcast form. Uh, that would be the Hail Varsity YouTube page is a great way to check following the show. Also, wherever you get podcasts, that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon Music, wherever you like to get your podcasts, you can find it there. We also get the link up on our Twitter page at HVarsity Radio just about every single night. And while I'm at it, that's uh, some good resources for you. Find us on Twitter. It's a great way to stay up to date with the show at HVarsity Radio, as I said. And then uh, at Herbal Essences for me, Elijah Herbal, at Schmidt underscore radio for Schmidt, who we'll be hearing from here in about 15 minutes if all goes to plan with his travel. So excited to hear back from Schmidt again. Brady Oltman's joining us to lead off Hour 2. We'll also have the coach, Jeff Smith, joining us and maybe a few more thoughts from Fred Hoiberg, his postgame press conference following Nebraska's win over Minnesota. That's all coming your way in Hour 2. Again, it's Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. We've got more coming your way here in about 10 minutes. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office. Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back with you, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, big tip of the cap to Elijah Herbal. Big uh, thanks to you, Big Cat, for... Hanging out, holding her down. I, I I got in from Epley. Good flight. Got a little nap. Did not use the drink tickets. I'm uh, raring to go. Brady Altman's with us. It's up to you for making it down here following the flight. Yeah, it's, you're it's built so, different. I'm not sure about 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 you, but I would have said, oh yeah, my flight doesn't get in until nine. Yeah, I guess I'm just gone for the whole night. <laughs> big week. We, we got a big week. Uh, high school basketball coming up as well. Brady Altman's with us from Ale Varsity. Brady, let's talk about uh, the Riola moment. Thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, short notice. Appreciate you doing so. And 
Tell me your read-in to the weekend, the impact, and ultimately here the, the, the sway a weekend like last weekend. Seeing your uncle, of course, could have for the, uh, the number one quarterback in 2024. Yeah, it, it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, there was really no indication at all. Um, I had got a, a little bit of a notice just in that um, kind of rumor spottings of him in, at Epley. And I kind of just brushed those off because I, I hadn't been told anything that they were going to make an impromptu visit. I knew Dominique had said something at some point that because of family, it wasn't really a dead period for him. But I kind of... I didn't know what to make of that. I didn't figure that that would include a visit. And then we got kind of confirmation. I think it was um, our buddy Mitch Sherman over at The Athletic um, got it confirmed that they were in the Rayola family. Um, The Arizona Rayola family was visiting the Rayola family in Lincoln. Um, And then they showed up at the game. And I think, I mean, it was a big game. It wasn't solely like you know, they're going to make this a a pseudo recruiting trip at all. I mean, if you're going to visit family, that Nebraska men's basketball game was a pretty big ticket in town where a lot of people were. So you could, you could kind of, you know, brush that off, I guess. Um, The, the indication I kind of got out after it and kind of the hearsay was, you know, Dylan was pretty blown away. Um, Just, he got a standing ovation. He, to his credit, you know, it's kind of egging the crowd on through the bones and stuff there. And I, you know, I, I know he's a top 10, top five at one point in the number one, you know, recruit in the country, but he's still a teenager. And I think it, this whole situation is, could really wear on a kid of his stature, but he seemed to really enjoy that. And he seemed to really be calm and poised throughout this whole recruiting process. And I think that you, you tend to admire that about a young man especially a young football player, and then especially, especially a young quarterback. Um, I think that that's, that's kind of the prevailing moment, and now um, it's just kind of sit and wait and see what happens in the next month. Brady, tell me about the university trying to ride that fine line between this being, you know, just a visit to the uncle and it being a recruiting visit. I mean, whenever you hear, oh, well, Dylan's in the suite right next to, uh, to Matt Rule, and oh, now he's sitting in the AD's seats courtside, how is Nebraska riding that fine line? What kind of, of loophole are they able to use here with Uncle being on staff? Well, the I think the, the general loophole is just their, the proximity that they're able to be in via Donovan being on staff. Um, I haven't got it confirmed or anything about the logistics of like, you know, if um, – like imagine it being the like a 1960s cartoon where one person's in one room and then they move and then, you know, they're trying to like a Simpson style kind of cartoon where they're moving around. So they're not in the same room together. Um, <laughs> I don't I haven't gotten that locked down or confirmed on how they're doing that. But it's you've got to imagine that they've I, I, I don't know if they were aware, but Donovan might have been aware that they were coming, hence hosting them. I think that there has to be some sort of contingency plan that the university has had that says, okay, well, you know, what are we allowed to do? And then how much, you know, what, what's the most we can do allowable, you know, through NCAA rules. So I think there's probably been some sort of um, troubleshooting for such a scenario. Brady Altman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio and uh, find him on Twitter at Brady Altman's. Let's talk about the race right now for Dylan Riola's services. And to your knowledge, the, the visit list with Georgia, 
the visit list with, and he's been to SC already, and then Nebraska that that March twenty fourth, twenty fifth weekend, kind of lay out where things in your mind are at right now. Yeah, you took a trip to see Uncle Donnie uh, during a dead period. You're going to have uh, a chance to to do more visits, uh, unofficial visits, and. You know, where's Nebraska in this race right now? I mean, I don't, I, I'm not trying to ask a, a stupid question. It, it, it's, it's pretty obvious and evident. But that said, SC and Georgia aren't they, – they've been in these battles. They've won these battles. Although Georgia's not closed on a on – a, on a, on a, they missed out on Arch Manning, I guess, is, is their recent history. Yeah, yeah. So the easiest way to break it down is kind of since the the Polynesian Bowl, um, there were four schools, Nebraska, USC, Georgia, and Oregon. Oregon has kind of fallen off. They had a good tie with Dan Lanning because um, Georgia was the first school to offer Dylan. He had a good relationship there and kind of followed Dan, and now it kind of seems like Oregon's not as much of an option. Uh, So that leaves Nebraska, USC, and Georgia. As I said, Georgia was the first school to offer him two-time defending national champion. They've made a lot of inroads, but they're also pursuing other other quarterbacks. Uh, that, I don't know, if is really a make or break. I can't imagine it would be a break. Hence, you know, him still entertaining Georgia, and he's planning to visit Georgia, I think, a week before he's scheduled to visit Nebraska. Um, Kirby Smart uh, video chatted uh, Dylan from the locker room after the national championship um last january and that's a pretty big you know recruiting hook if you can get it i guess um so there's a lot of ties there obviously with usc you've got uh, lincoln riley who's coached three heisman winning quarterbacks um and they've got a lot of uh, a litany of talent there including malachi nelson you know one of the top quarterbacks of this recent recruiting class and then you've got nebraska which hasn't really had a premier quarterback recruit for a while um or and perennially, you know, not really a five-star destination or a destination for five-star recruits, I should say, but they have that connection. Uh, Matt Rule's coaching staff has really kind of hit it out of the ballpark in terms of gaining ground and getting in a, you know, a finalist capacity with Dylan to the point where they're, they're hosting him, you know, March 25th, March 24th weekend with a bevy of other four-star, five-star recruits and hoping to gain a little bit of momentum out of that. Yeah, Brady, that, that recruiting weekend at the end of March, it doesn't feel like a coincidence, the fact that Dylan Ryle flipped his official visit so it would be that weekend whenever there's a lot of high-level kids in town. It almost feels like the first chance at peer recruiting for Dylan Ryle. I don't want to say this is a done deal. We kind of went through this back in hour one. But as it stands right now, Nebraska is the clear favorite with a weekend like that where it's your final official visit of the spring. you got a whole bunch of kids on campus, some five-stars, some four-stars. A lot of chances for Dylan Ryle to you know make some inroads with some of these other guys Nebraska's recruiting. That does feel like, you know, a, a chance for Nebraska to really put together something special in this class of 2024 that weekend. Yeah, you know, it's the old parlance where you want to be either the first one, you know, the first place to visit, or you want to leave the lasting impression and be the last place that a kid visits. Those are, in the history of recruiting, those are, you know, kind of the two spots you want to be in. Um, I, and I kind of wrote about this in my column this morning for for Hale Varsity is it's, him coming that weekend, it's about in the recruitment of Dylan Rayol is about more than him. I mean, you get him in, obviously, he's a big part, you know, of potential program altering trajectory quarterback. But you've got all those kids in there. They want to play with other big time talents. Um, Dylan's a pretty personable guy. 
and and a young man who's a student of the game. I mean, he's worked with Matt Stafford. He's worked with some other um, NFL quarterbacks that uh, Dominique Rayola has had, you know, connections with in the NFL to coach him up. I know when he's when he's visited Nebraska before, he's visited with uh, Casey Thompson and has talked with Nebraska quarterbacks and Nebraska quarterback coaches about ball, you know, and just kind of picking their brains. So I I think that he's there. There's no secret in to having all of those big time caliber guys together. And I think that if you can get uh, like, if you were a five-star or four-star receiver, somebody who wants to play with Dylan Rayola and you see that he's, you know, really vibing the visit, if it's good enough for him, a lot of those kids say it might be good enough for me and they might take Nebraska a little bit more seriously uh, coming out of that weekend. Brady Altman's with us from HaleVarsity.com and magazine. Catch his Rayola recap. And to do so, HaleVarsity.com. Get the subscription, digital, print, HaleVarsity.com backslash offer. So let's talk timeline here uh, for an announcement. Eddie, Eddie Scuttlebutt on, on a date uh, after the, the month of March. Is it going to be an April, a May? Because um, quarterbacks pretty much pull the trigger first, and that's your – that's your, your foundation for a lot of classes, for a lot of schools. I haven't heard anything directly in terms of timeline. Um, I, I think I keep going back to something that Dylan had said in a previous interview, which is that uh, words from his father were keep the, keep the circle small. You know, keep your inner circle pretty small and don't really let people know what you're kind of thinking. Um, and I think that he, they've done a really good job of keeping it close to the best hint, you know, the – uh, the visit this last weekend that they kept a secret until it couldn't be a secret anymore. Uh, I, my general viewpoint is to keep kind of the same timeline that they had last year when he committed to Ohio state. Now I, I tend to think maybe he might commit a little bit earlier just because of the proximity and the, you know, the timing of his visit in late March, maybe he lets a couple of weeks sink in to decide that's really where he wants to be. Um, and then he kind of figures out what to do and then, you know, watch the dominoes start to fall in the couple of weeks after with potential other recruits. Um, and if it's good news for Nebraska, you know, that could be a windfall. But then also if, if he ends up going a, a Georgia or a USC route, then Nebraska has got to be a little bit more pedal to the metal on other kids like a Danny K line, you know, out of Bellevue West, a very capable quarterback. He just has the unfortunate circumstance of being a quarterback in this class you know, coming out of Nebraska. And I think that especially if Dylan's off the table, he'd be a guy that they would really want to try to seal a commitment on pretty quick thereafter. Brady, do you think Nebraska would take two? When you mentioned Daniel Kalen, do you think Nebraska would take two quarterbacks this cycle? Or do you think that that's kind of what sets Nebraska apart from these other schools is that they are solely focused on one guy and that guy is Dylan, Dylan Ryle, excuse me. I, I haven't really gotten an indication that they'd go after two guys. I think they've, they've, they've liked, they like Danny, uh, you know, guys like Anthony Rezacs, you know, a great caliber of, of talent there. And we, and Nebraska had some good quarterbacks, even a Carson Rahner out of Elkhorn South. Again, they just have the unfortunate circumstance of being in this particular recruiting class with the top, you know, recruit. I, I, I think that they're, they're all in on Dylan that I don't, they, if they take a, a quarterback later on, that might be something, but he is top priority. Number one, and if if it's maybe a make or break thing that they get another quarterback in this class, they'll they'll stick with Dylan. But they've also 
I, I tend to think that this might be the one that they get. They've got a couple of guys still on roster and a couple of guys who might mentor or, or compete with him once he gets here. Cause I think he is going to be a, a spring enrollee um, after this, after this uh, upcoming fall season. Uh, and then they'll look at quarterbacks kind of in the, the recruiting classes to come. Any insight on, on the, the communication between Casey Thompson and, and Riola? I, the thing I, I get from Casey is that he's, Casey's a team guy. Uh, I think we saw that last year in the way that it played out. I mean, he, I think he has a little different leadership mantra or mentality than a lot of Nebraska fans might be used to. Uh, and, and he took a beating, you know, like, but even before he got injured that I think back to that Rutgers game where he got knocked down and touched, you know, his first nine dropbacks. And eventually he got up and, you know, the offensive line was looking to pound knuckles with him. And Casey gave a cold shoulder to a couple of them. And it was pretty obvious, like, he's not happy, but he kept coming back. He's a leader by, you know, his nature, the way that he's built. He's clearly a great student having now, you know, he could basically go for his doctorate now if he wanted to. And I, I think he, he enjoys that process of it. He enjoys passing on his knowledge and picking the brains of other people to, to, to get into it. And I think that if you're in his shoes, you kind of like to, to talk with a, a guy of a Dylan Rayo who's also learned from other NFL greats and who has kind of learned along the way, now going to go and play for the guy who coached Spencer Rattler in, in high school, you know? No, that makes a ton of sense and, and tap into all the information Available for sure. Brady Oltman's great information with HailVarsity.com and magazine. You can find him on Twitter at Brady Oltman's. Brady, thanks for uh, giving us a few minutes today. Thanks for jumping on, man, and great intel there on Riola and his visit. Yeah, guys, happy to talk anytime. Appreciate it, man. Good to spend time with him. We will no doubt probably rope him in on Friday again. We've got a busy uh, schedule of state basketball this week and next. So excited about that. Wait, you're telling me we have other things to do this week besides talk about Dylan Riola? Not really today, but... Um, See, I was going to say, like, there was my plans for the entire week. I thought it was going to be Dylan Riola early and often all week long. I well, got uh, to prepare, you're telling me? No, no, you're, you're, you're all right. You're all right. Tomorrow, prepare to, uh, to get your red out and uh, find your way down to Rosie's. Uh, 10th and P is where we want to see you, uh, just south of the embassy. And uh, we get there at 4, we kick it off, we tip it off 4-6, to six. Nebraska, Michigan State. They tip at 8. That means there's time for you to get wings, time for you to get a burger, time for you to get a cold one, and then uh, be there, be loud, and see if Nebraska can will their way to another victory. Sparty's coming in wounded, they're coming in injured. Nebraska's been as hot as it gets, but uh, great atmosphere. We'll be at Rosie's tomorrow. Downtown Rosie's 10th and P4 to 6. Come see us. Coach Jeff Smith on the way with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s. 
but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Reminder to get buckled up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. Prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Hall of Fame coach, longtime assistant with Nebraska, Jeff Smith with us. Coach, uh, we've got a lot of district ball to talk. We'll do that shortly. But how about Nebraska basketball? I know you've been smiling with what Fred and the Big Red have been doing. How are you today? I'm great. I tell you, I'm smiling because they're playing defense. They're getting on the floor first. I mean, really, you ask any coach, what what are some of the you know first top three qualities you want in your team? You want a team that just plays their butts off, and that's exactly what they're doing. You watch Sam Greasel; he's always first on the floor. You watch, you know, Walker's trying to climb a guy's back to save a ball when he has three fouls, and and. And, they're, and they really, really have accepted their roles, and you can see that they're really playing for each other. Sometimes when you get a, a little smaller bench, it's easier to coach because you can define those roles. You have, you have time for Tamanaga to get open. You, you set a few more screens for him because you know he's that guy that needs to hit those threes and spread, spread the floor. And you don't have – you're not playing 10 or 11. You're playing – seven, eight, or nine, and it's just a little easier to get into your roles and know what guys are going to do, and, and you play together a little more. There's not that many combinations on the floor, so Fred and Fred and those guys have done a great job, number one, of just flipping the script on their defensive intensity, and, and, and that's made a huge difference in the importance of defense and rebounding, but also finding what these guys do well and just, just amplifying that from game to game of what they do. Coach Fred was asked post game about that that defense. He was asked, "Has anything flipped within the past couple of weeks with what you're doing with these new guys now down Bandamil and Gary? Does feel like that defense is different?" He said, "We're not doing anything confusing. It's just the guys going out there putting in effort." And I think you're kind of echoing the same. Have you seen anything different, or is it literally just the guys going out there and being intense on defense? Not a lot. They're, they're mixing a little more zone in to keep teams off balance, and I think to protect guys foul wise, uh, just give them different looks, but. One thing they do, if, if you watch really close, and, and I spent some time talking to Coach Lenzer, they, they have really active hands, and they have high hands a lot. When they're off the ball, their hands are off, and they're getting a lot of deflections and or steals from those skips to the far corner. They, they've taken a lot of those lately. Um, and it's just their – and I think he used the word activity. They, they're act, you watch Sam Hoiberg, and he's, he's not getting beat off the dribble very often by guys that – are clearly quicker than him and have a little size on him. And it's just their, their feet are active. They're, they're communicating very well when they're switching or when they're going under or when they're fighting over the top. Um, I, I think it's just a case, as I watch them, they've just gotten better game to game. I think Coach Linzer and his philosophy, who I know does a lot of the teaching, is no middle philosophy – and he's just really stuck with what they decided to do this year, and they're just getting better and better at it as, as time goes. And, and they're, they're really solid right now. Coach Jeff Smith is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, talking some Husker hoops before we dive into high school boys' districts. And you've been in this position, too, where you've had some key dudes go down. You've got to adapt. You've got to adjust. And you hope 
that their prep and they've stayed engaged, right? Okay, next man up, great saying. Can you actually get that production Nebraska has? Speak to that ability from a coach to a player to keep guys engaged and then get them to go produce. Because you've got guys, I mean, Tomanaga's supposed to drill threes, right? But he's been on a great heater. Sam Hoiberg's a coach's kid, but he's more than that. Uh, you have... Uh, other players, even a you know a Wiltshire. I mean, he's amped and up to his game. I mean, the whole cast has been fantastic. Yeah, and the thing that I guess was fortunate, if those injuries had to happen, is they happened early enough that so you you could see Jamarcus Lawrence take three or four or five games to really get comfortable as a starter and really start producing, and now he's probably shooting the ball better than Vandemel was. At, you know when he was playing uh, earlier, and now and now he's you know he's contributing defensively. Maybe not quite the level Banamel, but he's solid. And so he had time to adjust. I've had teams where we've had injuries late, and you you lose three of your last five, and you kind of you kind of tank it. They they struggle a little bit finding their new identity, but they had time to find that. They had time to get guys comfortable in in accelerated roles. And, and they have done a great job. Now, I think it's going to get tougher for Tamanaga. They're, they're starting to study his tendencies, his cuts, what, what he's doing when Walker has the ball. That's not going to get any easier. And Michigan State will be real physical with him. But they, they did. They, they let these guys get comfortable in new roles, really forced them to. They had no choice. And, and I got to believe there was a lot of positivity in that locker room and in, those, in the meeting rooms. And really pointing out the positive things they were doing and say, you can keep doing that. You can keep being first on the floor. You can keep out running them up the floor. You, you can, your defensive intensity isn't, it doesn't have to change. That's stuff you control. So do those things you control, and then they start seeing the ball go in, and, and then it's just the whole team confidence is different. And now they believe they're going to walk on the floor. I was actually worried about a trap game with Minnesota because that's how confident <laughs> yep. we are now that we can walk on the floor and play with anybody. And, and luckily they took care of business, and, and Michigan State's not a trap game. They know how good they are, and they know how they play with physicality and rebounding the ball, and, and so this is going to be a big test. Tell me about Sparty. What Sparty is walking in here? A team that's angry, a team that's got to have a win, or a team that is on fumes, especially giving up 13 points in the final 60 seconds to lose in overtime? No, those losses, those losses hurt you. They hurt you, and, and the coaches are going to let you know that that's not acceptable. That, that loss is going to generate some, some serious uh, uh, energy and effort coming in here. And they're, they're on that kind of bubble with us where we're not too far behind them um, in the standings. Let's see, I think they are 9-8 uh, and eight and we're 8-10. and 10. So, you know, they're not too far out of dropping down where they maybe got to play us one of those early games, and, and that's not Michigan State basketball. So uh, Tyson Walker had a really good game against us last time, and he's a tough guard to handle. And, you know, we don't, we don't have Bandamel out there guarding him this time either. Hauser's really good at shooting threes, and he's big enough to post up. And then, you know, they just, they just have such good athletes, and, and their philosophy is so sound with their defensive principles, and, and they're just known for rebounding, and that's – it's, it's, we've gotten a lot better. I mean, when you see when you see Tamanaga getting a foul for uh, a guy climbing his back and he gets fouled, and used to go to the line. That's a really good sign that he's boxing out like that. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I think they're going to be really, really hungry. 
and pissed off. And so I think that's what's going <laughs> to, but I think our guys know that. I think our guys know that they're going to play intense no matter, no matter what, because they're Michigan state. But when you blow leads like that, it's, it's, you're ready to play your next one like that night. Coach Jeff Smith is with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radios. We'll talk some more Nebraska-Michigan State tomorrow down at Rosie's 4-6. to six. Come and see us. But, Coach Smith, I want to switch gears here. Talk some Nebraska high school basketball. District finals coming up here in Class A, boys. And when you look at the field of 14 that remains, only eight can make it to state, but there's six Lincoln schools that remain. Lincoln Northeast, uh, Lincoln North Star. You have Lincoln Southeast, Lincoln East, Lincoln Southwest, and Lincoln High. A field of six making the district finals. Impressive for Lincoln High School basketball. Based on what we've seen this year, not too much of a surprise. I just want to get your take. Being a longtime coach here in Lincoln High School basketball, what does that mean to you seeing six schools with a chance to make it to state? I'm elated. I, I, it's, been a, it's been a long time. I, I, you know, I, I remember when Lincoln High and, and Southeast, we were in the finals together, and you know there was always a, a lot. Northeast was you know a major factor in the state all the time. It's been a while. It's really been a while since we've had multiple teams, and it, it's it's kind of funny how it all came together. With all these teams have a little bit of size, they have really good guard play, and um, I think I, you know, obviously Northeast has the toughest hill to climb, playing Bell West, and they played once earlier, and Bell West got them by twenty three. But Northeast is scrappy, and, and, you know, they'll go in there and with nothing to lose and, and I think put up a fight. But Dosler and Jackson are two Division One guards that Bell West have that, you know, are just, just so talented with guys around them. I think the North Star-Gretna game is a, is a toss-up game. I think it's a call-it game. Gretna beat them by two at their place uh, not too long ago. Um, and I think one of the North Star bigs, um, is either Sandonell or Clemens fouled out late in that game. I think North Star is, is probably ready to upset them and could get to state doing that. Um, Southeast Prep, I went and watched them two weeks ago, two, two and a half weeks ago. Southeast led that game for three and a half quarters, and then Bang got Dak, got in foul trouble, and got tired and fouled out, and Prep hit two threes late to beat them by five. Um, and then Schmidt and I called the Southwest East game uh, three three weeks ago or so, and that was just not a good time for Southwest. They had a bad game there. They followed that up the next night and got got hit, beat by Westside pretty bad. But I think they're a different team right now. I think they've worked some things out uh, chemistry wise on their team. I think that'll be a probably a toss up game as well, you know. And and East would have a decent chance of getting in wild card if Southwest would. They'd be the first Lincoln team that have a chance to get a wild card if Southwest would beat them. So, and then Lincoln High goes up and plays Westside. They have not played yet this year, um, and and Lincoln High is a team that can win with their defense if their offense is is solid enough. They can win with their defense, and and Westside will be a tough foe for them though because they have talented guards to to match up with Lincoln High. Looking at uh, tonight's matchup, we'll have uh, here locally on KFOR. East is so patient, they're so calculated, and their guys, the 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 Carters, <laughs> they hit big shots. I mean, it was a tight game with Southwest, and then a bomb went off. Yeah, Temple Meyer and Carter, Temple Meyer, Carter, Mick are averaging right around 15 a game, each of them. The thing I like about East is they're all about 6'3". They can all handle the ball. You love teams like that that have that kind of versatility. Christian Melissa is 6'3", but he can post and score inside and outside. A really good rebounder. Townsley is another 6'3 kid that averages about 10 a game and 4.7 rebounds. 
they're just they're so they're so balanced and they have so many guys that can contribute on any night and the night we saw them I think that second half they were all on and that's why they you know extended that lead and won by 16 um, but they are, and they don't make a lot of mistakes they take care of the ball really well and that's that's tough for Southwest because they're not real patient defensively sometimes. So they'll have to keep Southwest off the glass. I think they'll have to execute against the gambling pressure defense and maybe some one three one that Southwest will play. And and then, you know, all teams have to make shots. Southwest, on the other hand, um, Chuck Love's been playing really well. He leads them in scoring uh, 17.3 a game. And then they have, they have depth, too, with Helms and Frager. Um, Ryland Smith is a senior point guard, averages 11.9. So, you know, on paper, this is a great matchup to go watch tonight and could be just an excellent district championship game. Coach, we'll see you in about an hour. Thanks for the time. Sounds good. I'll see you over there, Chris. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down on Monday, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and can watch the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio's Twitter feed also gives you the video stream at H Varsity Radio. Numbers to get in 489-1240, 489-1240, or toll free where you hear us across the Hale Varsity Radio network, one 800 825 5865 can email the show chris at hailvarsity.com. So a little bit more on Dylan Riola and the big announcement last night. Snuck out to dinner down in Glendale last night in Arizona, not far from State Farm Stadium. Uh, went to a tap room, not a shock. Had some, some cheese curds with uh, Uncle Mark and Joe Mama. And uh, had a Pacifico. There, there was. I did uh, also order a taco. It was wonderful. But I get a text from Elijah, dude. Announcement coming down at seven. And I, I'm, you know, I'm thinking it's this. The, in in the the text I'm reading, it's movie trailer sound announcement <laughs> coming at seven. And well, there was an announcement, and. What a list. <laughs> <laughs> the announcement was was Hayes Fawcett, who uh, he's a guy, I remember him actually from my days back in high school. He, he got his start in the college football industry, being a guy who just made graphics for kids. Just, you know, picture the kid in the high school uniform. Here's the college choices behind it. They started out being all right. He got better and better at it until I think it was his senior year of high school, actually. He was the kid or the guy that all the kids around the country went to. You need a recruitment graphic. You're a high level guy. You go to Hayes Fawcett. So he's been doing this for years now of just being the guy that is going to post up either your commitment graphic. Here's your top three schools. Here's the date when I'm going to commit whatever you want as a commit. You would go to him, and in return, the only thing that he wanted was the inside information on your recruitment. So he, yeah, I'll make it for you. Where are you going? Yes. Yeah, so it, it was it was the trade off of I'm going to be a recruiting insider, but I'm also going to make your graphics. You don't have to pay me for the graphics. You just have to give me the inside information. That was always his go to. He's parlayed that into a, a pretty good recruiting job. Sure. And and whenever he posts up, you know what? We got a Dylan Riola post coming down tonight. You assume oh, okay. You got some inside information here. You're going to be making him a graphic. Wonder what's going to be happening. Well, it turns out you just click on offers, and you could have had the same info. Well, Hayes apparently does not have contact with Riola here, considering the fact that Riola did not acknowledge this post in any way, shape, or form on his social media. This is just 
hey, he's just trying to capitalize on Nebraska. The buzz, baby. The buzz. The clicks. He was in Lincoln. Big Everyone Red cares. Army. Now we're going to make a graphic for Dylan. We're not going to allude to what it is. We're just going to let you wait. And, oh, it's a list of all the offers that he has in in the country, which is a lot of offers. A lot of them probably aren't even in the running anymore. It was a waste of a post. And it had Husker Nation all fired up, and now Husker Nation is angry. And on one hand, you, <laughs> you go, dude, like you should know better. You should know exactly what was going to happen whenever you posted this. You should know. On the other hand, I go, well, you did your job pretty well. I mean, how many hundreds of thousands of people have seen that, that image now? How many people have clicked on your posts? I guess you did your job, but just uh, strikes me as a little bit shady of a practice of a way to go about it well he actually reached out hmm? to a, a husker fan that i follow on twitter uh parker underscore and yeah, yeah, yeah. parker parker mm-hmm. yeah uh and he reached out to him because parker was complaining and he said and i quote to be fair and if you start off a message with to be fair that means you know yeah I, honestly you guys have a point but in my defense anyway he starts off to be fair i never said anything about an announcement <laughs> You Nebraska fans really jumped to jump to that conclusion extremely fast. I simply put a hope. Dylan Riola post. <laughs> Your fan pages took that screenshot and made a misleading caption to trigger y'all to think he is committing. Sorry for the misunderstanding, but that is by no means my fault. That is the direct quote from Hayes following that. I can't tell you how to feel what you want. Uh, pretty good uh, feedback in the stream today. We'll highlight some of our input you want to be a part of the show and you don't want to call in or email all good can uh, jump in the stream with the hail varsity youtube channel can submit comments that way or also on twitter with at h varsity radio uh you got uh, brennan checking in dylan riola it's your move brett saying look in my opinion the writings on the wall family means a lot to both the riolas and husker nation Elijah wanted me to just be a call-in today. That's okay. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, it's Chris on I-80 calling uh-huh. into the show today. <laughs> oh, got to pull over. Got to end this call. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh-huh. And uh, Brett follows up. Uh, second part of his message, Dylan would be a program changer in many ways. The situation at NU, similar to that of Oklahoma in the late 90s, uh, the program changer for OU was getting Bob Stoops, uh, the assistant coach at Florida, and getting him back uh, in the Big Ten where he played. Well, excuse me. I, there, it looked like it was going to be Ference or 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 Stoops, and and right there, Oklahoma's like, let's go get Stoopsy. They did. Uh, they get Leach in. They get Mangino in. Uh, they get a pretty good quarterback from juco that's killing it for tennessee right now as head coach and uh the rest is history and by the way john blake loaded that cupboard up some guys were just playing the wrong side of the ball and uh OU makes a, a championship run just two years into the stoops era they they had their offense and the 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 uh, air raid that took college football by storm, and they had the right pieces there. Uh, but the coach was the difference maker. You get the coach and the system or quarterback to hit, game on, man. Game on for a football program that's a blue blood that's been struggling. Oklahoma went through their decade post-Switzer and uh, got it flipped around three coaches later. See, Nebraska can do the same with Rule 
and uh, landing Raiola. And the question with Raiola is, what type of kid is he? Whenever you look at this weekend, you look at the recruiting push, is he the type of kid that's going to appreciate a full-court press of sorts? You send every single assistant coach down to Arizona to go visit him. Whenever he comes up to, to Nebraska, it's the fans chanting his name, wanting the acknowledgement from him. After the game, it's selfies on Canopy Street. It's it's what type <laughs> of kid is Dylan Rell? Is that something he appreciates, or is that something that's going to annoy him? Because me personally... I think that would annoy me, but I'm also not a 17-year-old kid that's the number one player in the country. That is so far from what I ever could have experienced. That I don't quite know if I put myself in, in, in his shoes what that experience would be like to me, but that is the question right now. Is he the type of guy that that wants the full-court press news recruitment? Does he want all the assistant coaches to come visit him? Does he want every single fan of this program to know who he is before he even steps, steps foot on campus? By early accounts, what it looks like the reception was to this weekend – the way that Nebraska seemingly, from reading the tea leaves, has skyrocketed to the top of his board from being a school he wasn't even considering to now being top of the board with him being, or with Nebraska being the final visit weekend he's going to be taking in the spring. It seems like it's working, but that is the question moving forward. Is that the type of approach that he is going to appreciate and he's going to respect? And I guess we'll probably know here in the next 90, Six weeks. 90 days. Yeah. Well, the thing that is is a 180 is just the, the the current staff and how dogged they are with recruiting him but also investing in that relationship development and don't know officially or not if Raiola was spurned or had a bad taste from maybe some missteps with the previous staff in his recruitment a lot of swirling with that but it's it's been mended, you would think. And Uncle Donnie, uh, big time. We'll wind down a Monday edition of Hale Varsity presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One last time, it's Elijah Herbal here wrapping up a Monday edition of Hale Varsity Radio as Schmidt is off to broadcast some high school basketball again for our local listeners or even our listeners across the state. Check it out. Lincoln East hosting Lincoln Southwest, the District A5 final. The winner goes to state. So Lincoln is confirmed to have at least one Lincoln school that will be attending the state tournament. Will it be Lincoln East? Will it be Lincoln Southwest? Find out 7 o'clock here locally on KFOR. If you're listening in across the state and you want to check that game out, check it out. KFORnow.com. Click listen live. And you can check out high school basketball action tonight here on KFOR. It's also a great way to check out Hale Varsity Radio whenever you're listening from across the state. You don't know what station it's on when you're in, say, Columbus. Or maybe you're taking a business trip out to Kearney for the weekend and you want to hear where you can uh, listen to Hale Varsity Radio. Check it out, KFORnow.com. That's where you stream us live. Or if you want the video version, the Hale Varsity YouTube page. Uh, the Hale Varsity Twitter page, two great places to find the video live stream Hale Varsity Radio daily from 4 to 6 weekends beginning this week. I guess beginning next week will be live streamed online only and then posted up later in podcast form. So that's the change we are making to Hale Varsity Radio. If you missed that in our Saturday show, now you are learning. Our Saturday show from now on will not be on the air. It will be strictly an online exclusive. You can find the live stream 7.30 to 9 give or take beginning the Saturday after this next upcoming Saturday. So that's uh, whenever we make the switch this Saturday, we're going to be taking it off as we go through some logistics, making that switch, but then we'll be getting going with that. We hope to bring you uh, some more 
awesome Saturday morning content. Again, 7.30 to 9, beginning a week from Saturday. We switch to online only. Before we get out of here for this show, and it's been a good show today, we had Jay Moore back in hour one. Will Wilson popped in for a segment ahead of him producing our show tomorrow night at Rosie's. And then we also had Schmitty check in from Arizona before the flight to talk some Dylan Ryle. That was all back in hour one. Here at this hour, we had Brady Oltman's talking recruiting, mostly Dylan Ryle to lead off the hour. And then Jeff Smith joined to talk some Husker basketball talk some prep action as uh, that was at 525 you missed any of the show today check it out in podcast form i'll have it posted up here shortly following the show again the hail varsity youtube page you can find the video version there or you can get it in podcast wherever you like to get those spotify apple podcasts google play amazon music really wherever you get podcasts you can check it out there or i'll have a link posted up tonight on the hail varsity twitter page the hail varsity radio twitter page i should say at h varsity radio before we get out of here the news of the day in the nfl the bears looking to shop that number one overall pick who's going to trade up for their quarterback We've seen some mock drafts putting the colts there and the, the interesting thing is you know that the texans are going to take a quarterback at two you'd assume whoever trades up at one is going to take either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. The Texans are going to get whoever they fall to unless they decide they want to trade up one spot, which would be interesting and something to follow. But uh, with the Bears looking to shop that first overall pick, if that trade does end up being made to whoever, uh, it would pretty much confirm that the one and two would be quarterbacks in the NFL draft this year. So that's something to follow your, your candidates for trading up. Look at Tampa Bay. Where are they going to be going following Tom Brady? Are they candidates to trade up for the number one overall pick? How badly do they want to use that talent on their roster and be good again? Are they going to commit themselves to a full rebuild? You also have the Colts, another great option. Washington cutting Carson Wentz today. Are they looking to trade up and get a quarterback? A lot of teams, a lot of candidates will see where the next couple weeks take us in NFL draft news. As it's combine week, uh, exciting. You always get a lot of news coming out of the NFL this week, so we'll stay on the pulse of that. We'll be back tomorrow from 4 to 6. We're going to be down at Rose. Rosie's the downtown location. Get a drink, get some wings, get some food, get yourself geared up for Husker basketball. Schmitty, myself, Will Wilson taking you through the show tomorrow, 4 to 6. That's when we'll talk to you again. A Huda Media Production.